When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love Premium, episode 95. Today's episode is all about managing mom rage or dad rage. It's never even anything huge. It's never like, you know, an enormous, you know, groundbreaking, jarring, outlandish thing that happens. It could just be that you wake up that morning and the dishwasher is, did not run the night before. And now here you are and you have no clean dishes or no clean silverware. And how, you know, it could be that it could be as simple as that. And then you get mad at your spouse or whomever and be like, really, really, you couldn't just, you know, that be one thing that you took care of last night. I had to take care of everything else, but this didn't happen because I didn't do it. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're exploding. You're rageful. You're, you're, you're feeling like you are a caged animal. Um, and it's not wrong and it's totally understandable given everything I just outlined that you get to that moment. If this is your first time giving your mind a little love, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Mind love is a habit, and the more you give your mind that love and intention, the better you'll feel about yourself and your life. Plus, it's really a win-win because more subscribers means Mind Love attracts even more amazing guests to bring you their wisdom. So don't forget to subscribe. I'm going to be honest with you. I came into motherhood ignorant as fluff. That first year, I was cocky. Probably annoyingly so. Well, definitely annoyingly so. Screen time? Absolutely not. Average moms will do that, but it destroys their brains. Until my first solo flight with a toddler, and now Miss Rachel takes up most of the storage space on my iPad. Also, only organic, whole foods, minimally processed. Until we visit grandma for a week while I'm pregnant, and suddenly Bisquick cooked in canola oil is fine because at least somebody is feeding him because I can't stand up long enough to make something that I approve of. And so it goes, with all the things. Communication, so many great books and Instagram accounts that share how to divert attention instead of screaming no or careful. But still, those words might be my most used words. It's just a lot. And you can't say with 100% certainty what you will or won't do unless you've lived it. Because parenting, it's a battleground. I'm sweating. I almost always have to pee, but don't have the time. I'm trying to be present, but also I just want to escape into doom scrolling for like five minutes. But the thing that surprises me the most is how angry or annoyed I can get at the person that I literally love most in this world. Although maybe that's how it always is because you just care so much. Like, there's no way I'm going to feel the same emotion toward Jeff who bagged my groceries at Vaughn's for putting something wet at the bottom of the bag and causing it to fall through and break red sauce all on my new shoes. But if my husband did the same thing, there would likely be hell to pay. It's like the closer someone is to us, the more of a personal attack any wrongdoing feels. My baby is only 18 months old. 
So 90% of the time, it's cuteness and cuddles and those big eyes, and I just love him so much. But there have also been these moments already where I can just see red. I feel like he's doing it all on purpose just to mess with me. And it's ridiculous. I know. I don't really believe that he's scheming in his play zone or that when he was 11 months old and waking every 30 minutes and screaming right when I finally got him down or was slithering out of the room like a ninja, I don't actually believe that he was doing that just to drive me crazy. But in the moment, I remember thinking, so this is why they have to warn moms against shaking their babies because that survival brain rock to sleep can get a little aggressive. Or when he says hungry and eat, and I actually spend the time to make my own homemade pizza bites with cassava flour and grass-fed cheese, and then he throws it on the ground without tasting it while gazing into my eyes, I start to question if force-feeding is ethical. I'm not a very rageful person. I've worked on a lot of my triggers. Road rage, almost completely unaffected. Feels like a waste of a mood. Getting offended by others? Nope. Why would I give them that power? Calming my responses? Worked on it. I would much rather have a civilized conversation in a brain space where we can both feel empathy and connect with logic. But there's something unique about the person that you made whose well-being you're responsible for, especially if you're still getting used to your role as a mom or a dad. And I know it's early, but if these moments are happening already, what am I going to do when he actually has a real attitude? (laughs) when he actually has developed enough ego to try to get under my skin. So we're going to get on top of things, and that's what we're learning about today. Our guest is Florence Ann Romano. She's an author and childcare and village advocate. She's worked as a childcare provider for over 15 years and has always had a special place in her heart for children. So three key things we will learn are how to identify the underlying root of your mom rage triggers strategies for coping with rage, and how to build your village, even if it's virtual. And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word MORNING to 33777. And now let's welcome Florence Ann Romano to the show. Hi, I'm so thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. So give us a little background on you and what led you into your interest in all things having to do with parenting and and working with children. Well, you know, I I always say that I think it started a long time ago. Uh, When I was a little girl, I used to ask my mom to take me to the hospital to have my baby. And what I meant by that was, could you take me to the toy store so I could pick out a baby doll? And I would come home and make birth certificates for all my little baby dolls. And I just loved kids, even when I was a kid myself. And so started as a mother's helper at a lot, as a lot of young girls do at age 11. And and that was kind of the catalyst 
to me becoming a babysitter and then a nanny. Uh, And then later in my life, I wrote a book called Nanny and Me, which helps explain to children why they have a caretaker or a nanny in their life. And it's a tool that parents can use to explain that transition. And now I I spend my time as a village and uh, childcare advocate, I'd like to say, uh, because it it does take a village to, to raise a child. But I also believe that everybody deserves a village, whether or not you have children. And so that has led me to do a lot of media uh, around the idea of what the village is and those dynamics. And now I have a second book coming out in February called Build Your Village, A Guide to Finding Joy in Community in Every Stage of Life. Uh, And in that book, I actually give directions to the village. Like parents always ask, is there a number to call, the directions to get to the village? What do I do? I decided to to write a book that illustrated six different villagers that you identify with um, as a villager yourself and other people's villages, and then the people that you need in yours. And so that's what led me to this platform today. And you know, all my experience and over the 15 years that I was nannying and now on the other side of it, working with families, um, I feel very lucky. You're so right. It it definitely takes a village. Unfortunately, we're in this time period where most people, if they have a village, it's because they're paying them. Right. <laughs> and and if they d- can't afford to pay them, then they're getting their village off YouTube. Thank you, Miss right. Rachel. <laughs> uh huh. That's true. Very true. But we often don't really realize all of the repercussions of Mm -hmm. not having this village. I mean, we're stressed out, we're overwhelmed, we're beating ourselves up. And that's just me. (laughs) Like I found this last month has been especially difficult. We are traveling on the East Coast, visiting family. And I have been super sick for my newest pregnancy, oh. although I've kind of solved a couple things. So I'm, I'm really hoping on, on the other end of the of this like oh. nausea hellhole. Yeah. But oh, you poor thing. Oh, I, it's been so interesting because I am a very intentional person. I, of course, want to parent as intentionally as possible. And so I've been balancing like how I actually want to raise my child with what I can handle in this moment. And there have been Uh days where I physically can't get up. And so, yeah, Miss Rachel on YouTube is a godsend. But then I'm like, oh, my God, the EMFs, like at least watch it on the TV instead of my phone. And and there's just not really any winning. (laughs) Yeah, it feels that way, right? It definitely does because... I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like you said, you're very intentional and your intention is always to probably do the right thing by yourself or your child, um, your, your relationships, anything. But every day is not perfect. It's far from it. And I think that the days that we do it less than perfectly, we think of it as failure. And that's a really hard burden to carry. This is for people without children too. When you feel like you didn't accomplish everything you wanted to that day, you weren't as kind as you wish you were that day, you lost your temper, you wish you hadn't reacted that way. All of those things lead you at the end of the day when you know you put yourself, you know, in your bed and you're thinking about kind of the, you know, the the greatest hits of the day playlist. You know, it's always those things that you didn't do well that take top billing, and that time over time, you know, time over time, day after day, hour after hour, that can build on you, and then all of a sudden you wonder why am I feeling 
so depleted? Why am I feeling so stressed out? Why am I short with everyone? Why do I feel so bad about myself? Because you have all this stuff that's this ick that has been building up in you and you've not released it. Maybe you've not acknowledged it, but it's there. And you somehow have to get rid of that ick in order to kind of survive another day and to, you know, put your best foot forward to be intentional, as you would say. But it's very difficult to do that when you feel like you are maybe subconsciously berating yourself for things that you don't do well or perfectly. Right, because we think the consequence is, oh, my child's, this is an insight into my brain, my child's getting too many EMFs or too much screen time or or I didn't make him a nutritious meal this time or whatever it is. And that's what I think the consequence is. But Mm -hmm. in reality, what the consequence is, is emotional overload. And then I can't even show up to be a good mom in the moments that I do have, or at least Mm -hmm. as good of a mom, in my opinion, (laughs) you know, and Mm -hmm. then it's another thing to beat ourselves up about. And so that actually brings us to what we're focusing on today is mom rage or really just any of that emotional overwhelm that we experience. What have you found about mom rage. I don't tend to be a very rageful person. So it actually surprises me when I get angry at a freaking one and a half year old that's got the cutest little eyes ever. And I'm like, yeah, I just spent 40 minutes making you the best meal ever. And you just give me eye contact and throw that meatball on the floor. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm like, why? And all of a sudden I'm like, he's not my son anymore. I'm like, Right. You're like, I'm resenting this little being, you know? And it's like, where's that feeling coming from? I I get it. I do. And you you don't like that version of yourself, right? Doesn't you feel like, who am I? Who is this? I, I don't recognize this person in this reaction. And I think that can be very jarring for us when we when all of a sudden a different a different color of us comes out and you didn't even know that it existed in that crayon box, you know, like you're like, I don't know why. I don't know where this came from. But then trying to diagnose that feeling or the reason why that happened, sometimes it's not as easy as we think it is because oftentimes the blow up, like you said about the meatball, yeah, it's about the meatball. Yeah. I mean, you, you're upset that you spent that time, you know, making that, you know, delicious meal and you're not getting the recognition or you're not getting at least the child to eat it. Uh, you know what, you know, all of those different things, but oftentimes I think we find that our blowups are never about the thing in the moment. Usually it's about some other stuff that's going on in the background too. And that's what, what has led to that explosive moment. Like you're saying, you know, that that doesn't seem like you to yourself. You're normally not like that, but why have your limits been pushed? Why has your patience been pushed like that? Well, you kind of start to look back and think, all right, well, maybe it's all of these different factors that have led to this explosive moment. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. 
That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I had a moment like that. I don't even remember because all the days blend in together, (laughs) but it was fairly recently. And it was so interesting because it was like a lot happened in just my train of thought, but nothing happened on the outside at all. And it was one of those moments I was like making some meal I was all proud of that I got on like a baby led weaning page or whatever. But I was so busy that day. I know my husband was busy that day, but we had kind of talked about like where we're going to help. And it was one of those times where I was like passive aggressively making food in the kitchen and like loudly, like what, and the whole time wondering like, is my husband going to come down here and ask if I need help? Like we talked about him coming down at this time, blah, blah, blah. So by the time I get to the feeding of the child who then throws the food, I was like, ah! and, and, and it wasn't even at him. I was actually mad at my husband, but then I'm like, wait, it's actually still earlier than we decided. Like he hasn't done anything wrong yet either, but he should know. He should know, <laughs> and, right? Like, exactly. All of it was irrational. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? 
In that moment, though, like we were just saying, it's not necessarily about that specific circumstance or the activity that's going on at the time. I think it's that, you know, if we, you know, dive a little deeper, it's that you probably have had a lot of pent up, not aggression towards your husband or just, just in general, just that you're looking for the help and that sometimes maybe, yes, you don't want to have to always ask for what you need, even though we say that all the time, right? People aren't mind readers. You have to ask for what you need and all that. You can't set people up to fail. But sometimes it would just be nice to have that awareness. And whether it's your husband, your partner, your friends, your family, whatever it is, sometimes you just want people to be paying attention enough where you feel like you're not, you're, you're seen, heard, and understood, right? In life, that's what we all want, to be seen, heard, and others understood. And we don't always want to ask for what we need. It would just be nice if someone would just take care of it or just would swoop in and just solve the problem or take some of the air out of the tires. So I understand that moment that you had. And it's like you said, nothing he did wrong. You guys had an arrangement. You had an agreement about it. But in that moment, you were like, oh my gosh, it would just be nice if you could just maybe acknowledge that maybe I do need a little bit more help than I thought, or I'm having a, a tough moment. I'm, I'm, you know, this has been a tougher day than I thought. And I'm, I'm starting to hit my limit. Can you just acknowledge that and maybe help me solve that problem in this moment? Right. Why can't everyone just read my mind? The world right. is such a better I place. <laughs> Wouldn't it? And that would solve so many of the world's problems if we could read each other's minds. Isn't that the truth? But, you know, we are imperfect beings. We are not always going to be rational. And, you know, we are human. So we're we're going to react I, you know, I talk a lot about with, you know, children, but also just adult behavior that, you know, the emotion is never wrong, right? We want to teach our children that emotions are good. You have emotions. We want them to be able to develop a high emotional intelligence. And we need to be working on that our whole lives. I believe, you know, even as adults, we need to continue to, to push ourselves in that way and learn more and level up like that. So the emotion is never wrong, but the reaction is. And I think something that's new about the way that we're raising our kids today versus maybe when you and I were growing up is, you know, you didn't hear parents apologizing a whole lot for their behavior. It was, you know, I'm the parent. I deserve the respect. It's my way or the highway. And I'm, I'm making a blanket statement here. Not all parents are like this, but there is something different. I feel, you know, we've turned a leaf where we are focusing more on how we speak to our children and how we allow our children to see our flaws too. We're not too proud to apologize to our kids when we do something wrong or when we say something wrong or we react in a way that we're not proud of. We let them see that. Because that is an important skill that we want our children to learn growing up because that's something they're going to have to practice all the time, that they're going to have to make apologies. They're going to have to be self-aware. You know, they're going to have to take accountability for behavior. But that's something I'm really enjoying seeing parents be very intentional about is how do we let our children see the nooks and crannies and the flaws of our parenting? And what's the lesson we're teaching them in that moment where we maybe aren't proud of our behavior? Yeah, I love that trend. And I hope it's not just a trend. I hope it's an evolution. Right. Yes, <laughs> of, yes. Because I think there's so much more power in showing 
a child how they got or anyone how they got from point A to point B than just like this is the correct way to be because mm-hmm. it's like then there's so many t- times so many instances and there's so many people that we're all like inadvertently looking up to these days whether it's like a right. celebrity or an influencer or this mentor right. over here and we're just like they've got it all together and so then when we're looking at our own journey then we're like I'll never get there because you don't really see the way to get there but when people are vulnerable and open about you know, this is a moment where I did get triggered and, and I flew off the rails, but I took a deep breath and I said, you know, mommy needs to step away and just like breathe for a second. And then I can come back and connect with you or however you want to do that. Mm -hmm. Little things like that are, are super powerful, but you're, you're right. So often we don't recognize what that underlying thing is first. And so we're focused on the thing that happened in all of the conflicts in our lives. I do this even in not not parenting where I'm like, ah, I'm irritated by just this one thing. I I hate my house or whatever, yeah, you know? Right. And then it's like, do I hate my house or is it that I need to organize this closet? I keep seeing it. I keep putting it off. Then I'm beating myself up and then I'm not doing other things because I'm distracted by it and whatever the list goes on. And so I'm curious because before we're able to really show our child the coping strategy, it is helpful to get more in touch with the root of where this emotion's actually coming from. How do you recommend that people take that step back and see, am I mad about the meatball or am I mad about these nine <laughs> other things? Are there common triggers that tend to hit us the hardest? I think moms tend to have a disproportionate amount of of jobs, right? And in, in, in life, you know, in the family, you're juggling a lot. And like going back to what I said before, seen, heard, and understood. That's what you want. That's what you want from your friendships, from your romantic relationships, from all of that. And even in my friendships, and you know, I can use an example in my own life. I had a friend for a long time that I felt I was constantly catering to. They were going through a lot at the time in their life and needed a lot of support. And I was happy to give it. But then there became the time where we've we've crossed the line now from supporting and loving that person through difficult times to now that person really just being selfish. And I would wake up and wonder why I felt so bad about myself or depleted or emotionally drained or, you know, feeling like I never did anything right or failing. And I started to realize that the friendship was no longer serving me and it was unhealthy, the dynamic of the friendship. And I'm using that as an example because I think in in life with, with parents too, I think we are so caught up serving others, serving our children, serving, you know, and I'm not saying that in, in, in a demeaning way at all, but, you know, being there to, to facilitate and, you know, take care of things and organize things and love and support and, and solve and all those different things. And if you feel like you're doing all of that without a whole lot of gratitude or acknowledgement or support, then those feelings of resentment and depletion and all those things I discussed before in that friendship I had, those come rising to the surface. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, the meatball story and you just lose it. And you, after you do, and you let out those tears, you let out those screams and you stop and have a quiet moment, which maybe you don't have a lot of, and you start to realize why did I blow up like this? And you start to connect the dots. 
you start to realize, well, I, you know, my spouse has been traveling for the past two weeks and not really here. And I don't have anyone helping. And I'm trying to work at the same time as raise these children. And like you, what you're going through right now with your pregnancy, also not feeling well, physically not being able to meet the moments, uh, even though your mind wishes you could, your heart wishes you could. All of that. I'm giving a very lengthy explanation here, but what I'm trying to illustrate is see how all of that builds and builds and builds. And so you have the meatball moment. And then all of a sudden that light goes on in your brain and you think, okay, it's not about the meatball. It's about everything else that I'm not getting in order to, like I said before, survive another day, get through another day you know, do my best today, whatever it is. So those triggers that I think that we have are very common um, and they're never, it's never even anything huge. It's never like, you know, an enormous, you know, groundbreaking, jarring outlandish thing that happens. It could just be that you wake up that morning and the dishwasher is did not run the night before. And now here you are and you have no clean dishes or no clean silverware. And how, you know, it could be that it could be as simple as that. And then you get mad at your spouse or whomever and be like, really, really, you couldn't just, you know, that be one thing that you took care of last night. I had to take care of everything else, but this didn't happen because I didn't do it. And then all of a sudden, you're exploding. You're rageful. You're, you're, you're feeling like you are a caged animal and it's not wrong. And it's totally understandable given everything I just outlined that you get to that moment. Yeah. I feel like we've created a whole personal brand. It's not about the meatball and meatball moments. Like (laughs) I know my next book or my first book. (laughs) I think it should be that. It's not about the meatball. It's, I love that. It's so true. I love that line. But one of the things that you mentioned that I think is so important to highlight because it's so easy to slip through the cracks is acknowledging that our emotions are real. Like maybe that trigger wasn't the real thing that led to them, but doesn't mean those emotions are invalid because there's not a lot of benefit from then denying that you feel angry or that you feel alone or hurt or whatever, because then it just leads to a cycle of beating yourself up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. That's why, again, the emotion is never wrong. Why you're feeling the way is not is not wrong. Your reaction is the thing perhaps that I hate even to say is wrong. But, you know, we teach our children that, that, you know, they hit and that's wrong. You know, you can be mad, but you can't hit. You know, it's, 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 it's that idea. It's the same thing for adults, though. It's okay, we're allowed to be mad, but we're not allowed to necessarily be cruel or hurt people's feelings intentionally or, you know, all of that. And so you're right. Don't allow yourself to devalue in any way the moment that made you explode, because that does have value, why you did. Of course, that is part of the whole puzzle, but it's not all of the puzzle pieces. And in order, I think, for us to go forward from that moment, you do have to look at all the triggers. You do have to think, okay, let me compartmentalize this. It's these four things that made me get to this moment. 
where can I take control? In, in my life, I always say to myself, when I feel out of control, there's always a place I can take control. Okay, where is it? And I start to look for it. Okay, I can control this. I can control that. I can't do, I can't control those things, but I can do this. And that gives me a little bit to myself, at least feel like I get a little of my power back, a little of my confidence back. I feel like I get a little bit more pep in my step then because I'm actively trying to do something to help me heal from that moment and then also move on. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says. <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small. And when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. So when we acknowledge that our feelings are real and then we start to figure out where we can take control, mm -hmm. have you found that 
just in doing this, it already starts to subside the rage or others? (laughs) Because we're focusing on something else, right? Right. Distraction, right? You know, we do this with kids, right? You know, you're you're like, oh, look over here. You know, it's like kind of, you're kind of doing that to yourself. You know, like, oh, Florence Ann, go look over there. There's something new for you to focus on instead of this thing over here, you know? And so I, I find myself doing that. And I laugh, you know, because we feel like, you know, you evolve so much from being a child, but then sometimes you're like, gosh, you know, you're teaching your kids lessons. You're like, ah, I needed a refresher in this. Wow. I didn't realize that I still needed to, to learn about, you know, this, you know, about emotional intelligence, or I needed to learn about, you know, maybe refreshing my manners or putting other people first or, you know, all these different things that we try to teach our children. Um, I think that that's actually part of the magic too, when you see the world through the eyes of your child and you're also the teacher, it, it sometimes, you know, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, don't just speak the words to your children and expect them to do everything right when we can't even, um, you know, follow our own advice or, or, or perhaps, you know, walk the line of the lessons that we're teaching. I use this example all the time with social media and technology. People always say, gosh, my kids are on technology too much. And, you know, we got to unplug those devices, do all that. And I'm like, we can't even do that as adults. I mean, we, you know, we're grabbing our phones every five seconds, got to scroll, got to see what am I missing? Oh, you know, all that. We can't even do that. And here we are, you know, trying to tell our kids, you know, put down that iPad, you know? And so I, you know, we sometimes have to, to look at ourselves first. Like I said, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And to your point earlier about, you know, oh gosh, I'm giving, you know, my son too much screen time and Miss Rachel's plugged in and I feel terrible and I'm not, you know, allowing my children to use their imagination and I'm not entertaining them and I'm doing all that. You know, I am all about moderation. And I think we forget, I think ourselves that we need to, to make sure moderation is a part of our life. You know, you hear about, you know, work-life balance. Does it exist? I don't know. Balance to me feels like it's a day-to-day thing. Today, maybe I did a good job balancing everything. Tomorrow, not so much. But my whole life is not going to be a yin and yang. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, it's all beautifully. It's you know, harmonious, you know, I, I feel like balance has to be defined differently. I think that when we say those words about balance or life work balance or all of that, that also puts pressure on ourselves as parents, because you feel like when you look at social media, everybody else is doing it better than you are. And they all have that balance. They all have those beautiful moments. Why don't I, of course you have those moments, you know, but uh, you know, Instagram and all those things are a highlight reel. So being vulnerable, being authentic, having conversations like you and I are having right now, where we make sure people know that, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's not supposed to be. And I saw a quote just the other day that said, there's no perfect parent, there's no perfect children, but there are going to be plenty of perfect moments along the way. And I think that's what we're striving for, not the perfection that we have to reach every day in our minds or whatever we have made that goal be for that day. That's such a good point. And 
I find that when I have a game plan for whatever it is, whether it's like, okay, next time I feel rage, I'm going to do this first versus next time I feel rage, I'm not going to do what I normally do. It's like, then, yeah, I'm not going to do what I normally do, but then I'm standing there like a deer in headlights, caught in fight or flight, so I can't think creatively or even very logically at the moment. And so then you end up defaulting to different patterns. And so I find that uh, is applies to pretty much all areas of parenting and life in general. So it's like if I'm like, oh, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. to have me time, but then I haven't planned out like what does me time look like? Then I'm just tired and I end up sitting there and then I'm like on my phone. Or if I'm like, okay, I'm not going to let my son play on the iPad. But then we're sitting there and I'm like overwhelmed. I'm trying to make meals for him at the same time as he's grabbing my leg or whatever it is. And and so then, of course, I can't think of other ways in those moments to like connect. And so what do you recommend be that game plan, whether it's like we have that moment of of mm-hmm. just frustration? Is it just to kind of step out of the room or, or what what other strategies do you have in that moment when we're feeling just like triggered, like yeah. our child is suddenly the monster in the room right. and not the cute little thing that came out of our vagina. Right. You're like, who is this? Who is this person? You know, and yeah. then you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, who am I? Oh my gosh. I, you know, what am I doing? Yeah. I think that, yes, you can step outside the room, you know, just to put a little emphasis on that. I like the idea of also telling a child in the moment when you are both having a meltdown or maybe both not your best self in that moment that you are going to remove yourself and say, you know, mommy is going to go in the other room. I love you. And we're going to talk about this in, you know, five minutes or whatever it is. I know it's hard for children to understand time, but it depends on the age of your child. But you can also explain that in the moment to your child that you are removing yourself from the situation. You're going to give them time and you're going to take time. But also this idea of the day beginning and ending with you. This is hard. And again, I'm going to go back to the idea about it's not about the quantity. It's the quality of it. Because if I say to you right now, every single day, I want you to journal and I want you to get up early and do that and talk about all your feelings. There's no way that's going to happen. Okay. We all know that life happens and you're exhausted and you're going to take that 20 minutes to sleep in. And there's no way I want to get up and journal. But so it's the idea of how can I today do something, or if you're planning for it tomorrow, make time for myself. And for me, I've found that it's in the car. I'm either in the car for you know a whole host of reasons, but sometimes I get on the phone and call a friend and I will say these words to them. I do not need any advice. I just want to vent for the two minutes that I'm in the car right now. And I will do it. I will spew all my lava all over my beautiful girlfriend and she (laughs) takes it from me and it's great. And then I go on my merry way and I feel like I did release something. And maybe that's the one thing I did for myself that day, but I did it. I followed that instinct. I made that time for myself in the car, even though if it was just two minutes or whatever it was, but it was enough. And maybe the next day you are going to wake up early. You're going to set your alarm and you are going to have some alone time. Maybe you're not going to journal. Maybe you're just going to get up and have that cup of coffee by yourself and sit on the front porch and just have some peace. And you're willing to sacrifice that 20 minutes of sleep because that peace, you know, is going to make you a better parent that day. 
it can be as small as those things, but the intention behind it, like you and I keep talking about being intentional, as much as you can plan for something like that, yes, that is helpful for certain people. They're planners. I think you and I both are planners and we like to be able to know that we're building in time for that. But at the same time, it's not a bad lesson, I think, throughout the day to be paying attention to how we're feeling and what we need. Like that two minutes that I vented to my friend, it wasn't necessarily a plan that day. I just happened to have the instinct to do it. And she picked up the phone and we did it. And great. I, you know, that was a moment that meant something to me. But it's being aware throughout the day, too, of what you may need or what you want and maybe trying to make that happen. Again, think about small things. They have big impact a lot of the time um, when you are busy, when you are stressed, when you are juggling so many different things. So stop making it feel like it has to be this enormous moment. It has to be a spa day. It has to be, you know, something where you're out of the house for a whole day. And maybe that's going to happen and you can plan for that and you should, but that's not realistic for a daily activity. Yeah. I have found that that time to myself is the most important time Mm -hmm. that I have in life. And it's not even just every single day. Like, yes, I need every day for about at least that morning period of time. When I get up at five, I feel pretty good. By the time my baby's awake, I'm like ready to engage, to play, to make eye contact. I feel like such a good mom the first few hours he's awake. If I first have a few hours to myself versus getting up a little bit later and then like all of a sudden I feel like I'm scrambling, I'm trying to brush my teeth while holding him. It's just a lot. Yeah. But also really prioritizing an extra block every week. And so- Thank God I'm able to do this, but my husband and I have set a rule that like we each get at least an hour to ourselves per day, and then we each get at least a half day per week, if not more. And so Saturdays are my day. We live in a mountain, so I drive an hour to get off the mountain. I get pedicures, a little massage, like go to yoga. How wonderful. I love that. By the time I come back, I'm just ready for the whole week. And I'm like counting down to that Saturday and not like I'm trying to get away from my boy, but like it just feels so good. I feel so revamped. I love that. That's your reset. You know, that, that is something you can plan on. That's something you can count on. Um, and you know that it works for you too. You know, the proof is in the pudding. You, you just said it to me, you know, about how you feel as a mom that week, how it sets you up for success. And I think that's a really important message for everyone. And maybe that's not what it looks like for you and your family, or maybe it's not feasible to do exactly what it is you're doing, but find what that means to you. Find what that reset means to you. Um, it, it doesn't look the same in every household, but it's what works for you. And clearly it's working for you. And I think that's such an excellent balance that you and your husband have. And I'm, it's wonderful that you've also communicated that to each other, that this is part of your family dynamic. These are part of your family values. This is how you both are saying to each other, this is how I need to take care of myself. And you both are supporting each other in that. And that is huge. Communication in every relationship is, you know, the foundation and trust and all those other things that we can talk about. But I just love the idea that you both have communicated that to each other and you've 
made it valuable too. You you both are honoring it in each other's worlds where you know that you're going to make sure it happens for him and vice versa because you see the difference in yourself and your relationship in each other when you do it. Another thing I find happens with me and other moms that I'm constantly using Voxer with just so we can unload some of our steam, <laughs> it's so easy to be in that parent role because we're thinking of, and we're always in the parent role, but we're thinking of, okay, well, what's the next meal? Now I've got to give the bottle. Now I've got to clean up this. And we lose sight of that real quality connection, even when we're around our children the whole time. And I know another thing that you really stress is the importance of play. What tips do you have to really make sure that we're prioritizing that on the times that we are happy and content or, you know, releasing that rage or whatever it is, just trying to get back to that baseline of just enjoying our time as mothers and fathers and and connecting with our kids. Well, I think the the idea that there's no wrong way to play is is important. You know, again, we we look at social media, we look at other people and think they're doing everything right and I'm doing it all wrong. Except one thing that I do find really valuable about social media and technology is it does share a lot of ideas about things. You know, what's working in people's homes and uh, so many people are so creative and I'm like, I could never do that, but I sure am going to take that idea and run with it now. Thank you for coming up with that. It's also the idea that imagination is important for child development. And, you know, you want to spend quality time with your children. And when you play with them, you know, that makes the world a difference. You don't need to feel pressure to entertain them all the time. So please, you know, understand that I'm not putting the pressure on you parents to make sure you're entertaining the children constantly. But, you know, it was a quote, and I'm sure you've seen it too, that said, um, children don't say I had a hard day kids say, will you play with me? And that's usually a sign that they want to connect. And that always like chokes me up every time I think of that. You know, when you are able to play with your children, it's going to get their creative juices flowing. It's going to help their motor skills. It's also going to teach kindness, how you get along with others, empathy, all those things that you want to teach your child from the sandbox. And as they get older, you know, you want to see them think outside the box. And, you know, maybe they're going to put on a neighborhood treasure hunt or an outdoor picnic or, you know, create an obstacle course. And, you know, when I was younger, we used to do this thing called Chalk Town. We lived in a subdivision and um, all the neighbor kids, we'd all play and we would go to, you know, everyone's houses and we would draw these huge towns that we would make of chalk. And I owned like a jewelry store and a shoe store and all these different things. We'd ride our bikes through each other's driveways and pretending it was streets. And it was hours and hours and hours of play. And then it would rain and we'd have to rebuild the town the next day. I mean, it was wonderful. And kicking it old school a little bit with our kids, I think is important too. you know, make, you know, before the days of technology and all those things that we have now, it was different when we were growing up. And I think taking the old school and the new school and putting that together and making a cute little cocktail of something is important, but also the play, especially in the summertime. Now, as we're going back to school, I would always be encouraged to play in ways that were also educational. And I know this may not sound like it is, but I would cook with my mom. And I had a hard time in math. Um, And so my mom 
would have me bake with her and do things like that because there were math skills there that, you know, I would actually be secretly learning that I didn't know about. So there's that also too, that comes with play. There's the tricking them into learning sometimes that they're maybe not aware of, but you are. So again, there's no wrong way to play and and giving your children the opportunity to use their imaginations. That's going to be the thing that sets them apart as they get older and they're in school, they have careers, all of that. You want to make sure you're allowing them the opportunity to flourish in that way. Right. And one of the things my husband and I are always talking about is it comes back to what we spoke about earlier about modeling, whether we are modeling the emotions, how we cope with emotions, or we're modeling how to engage with life. And so Mm -hmm. one of the things that my husband and I have always prioritized is our own play, our own individualized hobbies, like actually being physically present in the world. And so for us, one of the things that we're really trying to model is that, is like showing him that, you know, not every family or not the typical way of life does not always have to be like, oh, you go to work, then you turn on the TV, you have some food, and then you go to bed. You like have a drink and go to bed or whatever. And so there's so much of my life that has become even more mindful. Like I I stopped drinking altogether last year because I just don't want him to see like the glass of wine at night, which was starting to become a habit. And like just don't want to set him up for these habits that may or may not be serving me. And so now what I'm really working on is the screen time. And it's something I tend to tackle really well for a period. And then it's like, I'm in a new phase of life. And all of a sudden I'm like nauseous and have like eight hours screen time. And I'm like, what just happened? So we have so much to work with. All of the things that we talked about today, both in dealing with our emotions and then finding that time to just be present with our kids. So for listeners that are resonating and they want to learn more about you, where's the best place for them to connect? I would love people to reach out. I answer every every DM on Instagram. And here we are talking about social media, right? Here we go. LaurenSan.Romano is my website. Same thing for Instagram. I answer every DM. I'm here for you. Be that virtual village. And I have a ton of blogs regarding this topic and everything else on, on my website. And, you know, I just, the most important thing is, you know, not feeling alone and, you know, whether or not, you know, you're living on that mountain where you are and I'm over here and, you know, the suburbs of Chicago, you know, this is connection. And I think that it's it's wonderful that we're allowed that possibility through people like you. So thank you for all the good work that you do. All the links for this episode will be at mindlove.com slash x95. Your challenge for this week is, you guessed it, work on your mom rage. But specifically, set a plan for specific moments. Like what were the last five triggers that you had or five blowups that you had? What was the cause of those? Was that the real cause or was there an underlying cause? Are you giving yourself enough me time so that you can show up as the best parent that you can be? Did something happen on a work call or with your partner that leaked through to your interaction with the child? Is there something else that you're not getting that's causing you to be a little bit more high strung? These are just surface level questions you can start to ask yourself, but you know you better than anyone else. So keep digging until you get to a root. Then the next step is to set a plan of action for when the trigger comes. 
Because let's face it, there's not always some deep underlying issue. Sometimes it's just that this one thing has happened so often that you're at your wit's end. So what are you gonna do when you start to feel your blood boil? Can you take a deep breath? Can you count to 10? You know, all the old wives tales that we know actually ring true. Or can you step out of the room? Consider what you are actually modeling for your child because I find that to be a really big motivator. But I think the biggest takeaway that I have from this episode is to remember that your needs are just as important as everyone else's. And yes, it might be so difficult to prioritize any you time, but I promise you can do it. I have another episode coming up all about managing your time. And the thing is, is even when we feel like we have none, we definitely have some. It might just be wasted with accidental scrolling or with things that don't take priority. And so it does take a lot of mindfulness to figure out what you need and where you're going to slither that need in so that you can actually fulfill it. And let me know how it goes. I would love to source some of the ideas from all of the mindful moms who are listening to this right now. So reach out to me on Instagram at mindlovemelissa. If you'd like to support MindLove, the best way to do that is by joining MindLove Premium at mindlove.com slash premium. You get a whole backlog of over 50 exclusive episodes that are only available for premium members, as well as meditations and other bonuses, and early release and ad-free listening. You can also support one of my amazing sponsors who I absolutely love and I'm super picky about. You can find all of my sponsors at mindlove.com slash sponsors. And finally, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you do, I will probably read your review on the show. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week.